Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott, and thanks for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is Saskatoon, Saskatchewan's post-hardcore band, Alien to the Ignorant. Suede, Andrew, and Mick make up this trio, and of course, we're going to get to know more about them, how they got their start and their inspirations, all that good stuff. And also, we are talking about their Wings and a Beer tour that they just wrapped up and spoiler alert they did survive and they got lots going on in the near future they are excited to tell you about and also we're talking about if alien to the ignorant were to make a music festival who would they love to share the stage with and bring to you to put on one heck of a party all that and so much more is coming your way and you're also going to hear their two really good songs some love song and astringent I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. So first off, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate your time. So Alien to the Ignorant is Suede, Mick, and Andrew, who I'm clearly talking with you guys. (laughs) And you guys play post-hardcore, hardcore, and math rock. You guys are out of Saskatoon. You're all out of Actually, you guys are based in Saskatoon, but you're all out of different towns and communities. So tell us how you guys got started and where it all began. Oh my. Well, a long time ago, I made an Instagram post about music that I was working on that was kind of similar to this, but not as heavy yet. And some guy I'd never met before, who's not in the band anymore, he messaged me. He's a drummer and he said, hey, if you want to jam your songs, like let me know and we'll get together and play. And so I did. And then that's how that band started. And I was in Hafford, Saskatchewan, actually, where I met them. And we were together for maybe two, three years. And then Mick joined soon in that area at that time. And now they left, Mick stayed. And then we had a different drummer and then uh, he left. And then Andrew joined us maybe three years ago, just about. So That's awesome. Well, you guys have been compared to a brand new Saves the Day and thrice just to name a few so tell us a bit about your style and who are some of your inspirations bands like that just we didn't really listen to any of those ones <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. We like, yeah we like bands that those bands inspired but maybe we just picked out parts that were those bands initially because they were kind of like at the beginnings of i guess like the emo early 2000s post-hardcore-ish stuff and then the bands we liked came later but i guess yeah we take that foundational stuff and then we got heavier so we're not even really like those bands too much anymore but we still kind of subconsciously drop yeah when we went up to what was it we went up to hamilton we got compared to something like every time i die and like most of us are familiar with like gutter phenomenon like one of their earlier records and like the song of the new black particularly like every time i keep on going back to that song we're there's some small this hardcore stuff specifically from ontario that we like to listen to especially for me i like to listen to when we went to the new record for this Wow. So who are you guys listening to right now? Who are you guys really inspired by? Top three. I think for me and Swade, we really like this band that probably literally no one's ever heard of from New Jersey called Bayonet. Oh, yeah. Sweaty riffs is the best way I can call it. Just simple and sludgy, super depressing lyrics and just uh, really intense music. So that's really kind of what inspired us to do the hardcore stuff. And then obviously Andrew kind of listened to it already, but brought his own flavor. Yeah, I am very much a fan of Every Time I Die. Like they're the band that I think of when it comes like balls to the wall music. So yeah, that's the Paul Troy as well. Paul Troy is where the math comes from. What exactly is math rock? I've never heard of math rock before. And I feel like the word math kind of scares me a bit. (laughs) It's like music, but confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, because I hate math as well, but math yeah. and math is just like 
a lot of changes in time signatures and tempos and stuff that's a little bit harder to follow, just different patterns. But, you know, you kind of eventually figure it out that it's like, well, that's nice. It sounds like it keeps it fresh and it keeps everything kind of on your toes and everything yeah. fun, you know, so it actually sounds way better than math. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like progressive theory mixed in with like not radio rock, but your generic, like here's your square cut rock genre. That's pretty cool. Well, you guys, we're going to start off from the beginning here of you guys released your debut EP relevance in April of 2017, your first single, some love song we're going to play here in a couple of minutes. Of course, it saw some occasional airplay on rock 102's hometown rock that year. And you also had a new single in 2019 called spooky Mulder. And that was the first single from my understanding off your Proteus. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Proteus. Proteus 2, actually. Yeah, there was two. There was a, the Excavator's License. I just got my Excavator's License. It was the single on Proteus 1. And then Proteus 2, Spooky Boulder was the single. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying that. That came out in 2019. And now, two years later, pretty much on October 15th, you guys came out with a full-length debut album, A Dying Art. And it's everywhere people can get their music, of course. So tell us about your evolution in your guys' sound and in your guys' production with these albums. Okay, well, from like irrelevance till now, it was just kind of like, just always kind of wanting to be a bit heavier and then eventually just committing to it this time around and just not worrying about trying to be super melodic and tasteful, just rather being, yeah, like Mick said earlier, balls to the wall and just really giving it. And I think in terms of skill, everyone's just like got better at what they've done. Like a lot of, there's been touring involved in that, being in the studio a lot, just kind of eventually kind of hone the craft that we all have a feel for what we're trying to do. We have our own little habits that make us who we are, so... I think we blended our writing theories a lot more over the last few years. Because when I joined in 2018, I was jumped in on the 12 songs that would be Proteus 1 and Proteus 2. And we had maybe a month to put them together before we went into studio. And then we did drum tracks in a matter of a few days. And then we did continue to do the rest of the record over about two months. We just kind of forced this record out, almost out of us coming towards the end of uh, 2019. And then once COVID hit in March, we all got more, oh no, I think the personal relationship between all of us became a little bit tighter. And also our, since this uh, A Dying Arts actually was a record where we all kind of wrote from scratch. And like all three of us came together and wrote the songs and not just having, part, yeah. yeah, not just having individual ideas before putting a uh, record together. Well, yeah, like there's definitely was songs that were like, you know, I have this one riff. And then we all jammed it up. Then there was other ones that were like pretty much fully written, but there, it was definitely a lot more collaborative than it was the first few times. Yeah, yeah like the Proteus stuff. <laughs> we literally just got Andrew and then we went right into the studio. So there was like no time for anything. Just like, hear these songs, make your playing guitar and bass. Andrew, who the hell are you? Welcome aboard. But yeah, so we played the difficult drums, figure it, it out. Great. So a dying art, comparatively speaking, is a much more intact poop. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it described like that before. I love it. <laughs> that actually answers my next question, actually, because I found an article that you guys were talking about your writing process and how sometimes you write heavy, sometimes you are the polar opposite. At the moment, you're navigating your sound and trying out different things like subgenres of punk and metal. And you can go from soft ballads to clean guitars and progressive hardcore without much warning. So it sounds like you guys have a pretty good writing process. So tell us a bit about your rehearsals then. How do you guys rehearse and what does it kind of look like? I'd say eight hours a day, most weekends. No, it's, it's like, not always eight hours a day, but hardly ever. It's like, okay, we got a show coming up in a, in a month. All right, let's rehearse once. <laughs> in a, like a week before the show and then yeah. we play all the songs like a few times and they're like okay that's pretty bad but we'll, we'll pull it off 
And I think the long-term goal is to get to the point of like just being able to run the songs 20 times over so then we don't mess up once. That's yeah. what we did. But that'll be not yet. No, yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> that's what we did. It's like, it, I mean, I stayed with like the eight hours because I keep on thinking of our writing process going up towards a dying art going through yeah. January up to April. That was almost every week out in Delisle or every other week out in Delisle. And we'd spend Friday nights, Saturday all day, and then most like half Sundays. Yeah. And we'd run through the set either a few times, play over old stuff. And if, if anything came to mind, we'd just jam out new stuff as we went along. Yeah, that was really like a pre-production phase. I wasn't, yeah. There was less rehearsal, I guess. But yeah, it was absolutely, that was the hard stuff. That was the grind. Mm-hmm. Right. already seems so long ago. We say last year and it still feels like 2019. You know, we're like, oh yeah, yeah last yeah. year. Yeah. It is the weirdest yeah. thing. <laughs> So we are going to go back in time here for a second, and we're going to play your song, Some Love Song. So this, of course, was off your debut EP, Irrelevance, back in 2017. So before we play the song here, I'll get you guys to tell me a bit more about it and then introduce it. I uh, always kind of wanted to write a goofy, like, pop punk, you know, radio song just kind of for fun. I had met this girl and, you know, we hung out a couple of times and it just her name was me. Yeah, (laughs) it just didn't work out. But I was like, oh, yeah, I can make a a funny parody on just how relationships kind of were even just like five, six years ago, you know, Tinder or like Instagram stuff and all that. Just kind of just yeah, it's just really different than I guess, you know, the typical like love song. So I figured it'd be kind of fun. And then that one still actually gets played on rock or too. But that's some love song. Give it a listen.
And there is some love song by our guest, Alien to the Ignorant. Now, you guys, if you were asked to suggest only one of your songs for someone to hear, which would it be? Guilt in Heaven is Sweet. It's just got such a greasy, chuggy kind of groove. Gives you that face, so that would be my pick. See, now I'm torn between the records I've done with ATI. I've been Proteus, Single Shatter, and A Dying Art. And between those, like, I can't really pick entirely out of those. Although, I think Shatter's kind of like our happy medium between the Proteus and the A Dying Art record phases. I think every time we played that, especially just like these last two shows, that's been one of the songs that usually tends to blend well with the crowd. And even though it's not Excavator's License or Spooky Molder, or it's not, for example, Astringent or Dying Art, the, self, they type, uh, the title track off the new record, Shatter was like the happy medium. So I'd probably say that. It's also the most Every Time I Die inspired. Yeah, yeah, most like, definitely. Um, I don't know if I had to pick a song for everyone to listen to. I'd, uh, I'd like 19 a lot from Proteus oh, yeah. One. I don't know. I just like, I thought I did a really good job writing that song personally. Really the riffs were really fun. I thought the, whatever the vocals were doing are really cool. I thought the lyrics were pretty fun. I was just really proud of that song. So great choices. So you guys are currently on a tour, the wings and beer tour. So we're going to talk about that for sure, because it's a great combo wings and beer, but what made you decide to be inspired by this for a tour? Yeah, I think we were honestly just at the time going out for wings like every week and we were just so into it. It was like, man, we should just do a tour like that. But actually we did a, we were like, we need to do a tour with some kind of gimmick to make it interesting. So we actually tried to do a pizza only tour. <laughs> Thankfully it got cut short because like I was so sick of pizza just like a day in because it was supposed to be like breakfast, lunch and dinner pizza. And that's all oh, it was so bad. So I still think they need to redo. No. Let us know so if you think bad. we should do a redo. We'll do Costco pizza tour yeah, yeah. That today best really costco good. oh yeah um, no it's got to be the hot dog combo because that's the cheapest one and apparently that's yes, the best one sure. yes <laughs> Buck 50 pretty filling yeah, yeah. yeah looking for a gimmick pretty much and we had that today yeah looking for a gimmick and then yes yeah, so we, we were just really loving wings and beer at the time so we were just like yeah and we still love them all yeah and it's, the, it's the easiest to find too because it's usually almost everywhere too so i gotta ask this and you probably knew i was gonna ask this but what are your favorite flavors of wings we'll start off with suede well everywhere i go i'll definitely try the sweet chili i'll definitely try the buffalo and i will definitely try the creamy greek all right andrew i'm pretty basic when i first tried wings like i didn't even try wings until making sway brought me along for the ride and when i did first try wings i was just grabbing like bonus bites from boston pizza <laughs> but i like to have my half and half i like to have my wet flavor and my dry flavor wet. for example <laughs> like what i mean by that is like i'll stick with something like something pretty generic that goes across the board i'll have salted pepper or honey garlic or one of the other flavors which is my favorite version of this is at the Hose and Hydrant in Saskatoon. White cheddar for a dry rub. And then this salted caramel or maple bacon from Hudson's. Nick, yeah. what are yours? <laughs> well, I also like buffalo, but it's got to be a specific type of buffalo. Buffalo isn't just Frank's red hot sauce on wings. It's got to be a little bit creamy. It's got to be spicy-ish. The best um, buffalo. Yeah, like Buffalo Ranch. Best buffalo ever is at Bud's on Broadway. Just saying. Can't be in Saskatoon. So yeah. I love me, my friggin' hot wings, like any suicide sauce that actually hurts. I love it. Yeah, I guess I like wing challenge wings. I just like hot, hotter, and hottest. We did the one hot AF challenge at Hudson's, and that's enough for me. I puked. It was I amazing. I puked too. It was bad. It was so bad. 
So it sounds like your audiences, they just come ready to party. So tell us a bit about your shows. Sometimes there's no one there. And um, <laughs> sometimes there's a bunch of people there. And sometimes there's a couple people there. But yeah, usually the people that are there really enjoy themselves. Just last night, a bunch of people really enjoy themselves by the looks of it. On the Ontario tour, especially, everyone was just super happy to be there. Just received the music really positively. I don't know, everyone just seems to be really digging what we're doing. So that's, that's yeah. really makes us feel good. So if you guys were to plan an Alien to the Ignorant Festival, who would be on the bill? Oh, here we go. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> if I could book any band, I would definitely book Drug Church. I would definitely try to book, oh, what's this new? Fall of Troy. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. And then as like a local band that I'd have to book, I would book the local group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like a bluegrass band, so they're amazing. For me, I want to see a lot of big bands, but... There's been bands I've been finding out lately, especially with these, uh, the last tour we did out, to, out east and this tour we're doing now. In my personal opinion, I would pick out the band The Good Depression from Hamilton. I would pick out Phallus from Saskatoon. And then I would pick out Medical Pilot or Daryl Saves Lives from Edmonton. Yeah, they were good. They were really, really good, good indie band. Yeah. Lifelong them. dream is to play for Billy Talon. Oh, yeah. They are the reason why I am here right now, a very broke musician. Cancer bats, mm, yeah. and then um, drug church would also be yeah, that's like they're just so that's cool. just a dream team festival, I guess. Yeah, so, but if it's like festival and we could have like 10 bands, oh man, we can go all day. That's why we have to make annuals so we can play with everybody. Yeah, that's a tough question. We're gonna resurrect Bob Marley, get him to play. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> I won't even play the festival, Frank I just want to see all my friends. I think, I think they have like what are they called holographs now? We could get Bob Marley holographic. Hologram. Now, I want the hologram. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Frank's Apple's got to come back from the grave. Beefheart as well. I yeah. mean, if we get popular enough, we will have the money. And we Press the button and there you go. That sounds like a really good festival. Very hardcore. I like it. So last question here before we play the last song. Assuming you guys survive this tour without too many wings and beer, but at the same time, all the wings and beer, what is next for you guys? What's going on? I think the next thing immediately is we're going to do another fundraiser for Moontime Sisters, Saskatoon. Last time we bought a bunch of hoodies and tie-dyed them ourselves, got them printed by a guy in town, and then, yeah, sold them and donated the proceeds to Moontime Sisters, which sends um, menstrual products to 30 Indigenous communities in Saskatchewan that are, like, you know, up north and really hard to get to, some only by plane, remote, yeah, super remote. So we're going to do that, something like that again, um, immediately, pretty much, and then uh, plan for the next tour. That's awesome. That's really great. If you guys could tour anywhere in the world, where would you guys like to tour? I still want to go to Japan. The UK. I would go to Brazil because they throw down. Oh, yeah. That is fact. That was it. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. They, like, World yeah. tour with Alien to the Ignorant coming your way. Yeah. 2023. We're going to Mars. <laughs> yeah. We're going to Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we actually space signed <laughs> on with Elon. He's like, I want you guys to be. Worse. We'll be like that um, band in uh, Totally Spies, the first band to ever play on the moon. <laughs> I, I, I would pay to see that. <laughs> So we're going to play your last song here, Astringent, for this episode. I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. So tell us a bit about Astringent and introduce it before we play it. It's, it's, it's ironic, actually. I, the more I think about it, the more I realize that like it's it's kind of just kind of a goofy by me. But it's like it's supposed to be a song about in the topic of like reconciliation and Canadian pride. At what point non-Indigenous people don't really have to say anything and they they're not supposed to lead the way. We're just kind of supposed to be there for support when it's necessary and to, to do our part when it's appropriate. Yeah, but it's it's, it's ironic because I wrote a whole song about it when it's like, I didn't have to do that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a song about losing a lot of Canadian pride 
just because of the history that we have. But yeah, it's a banger. It's astringent. I'm alienated by fallacious right in a piece that's kept only by our complacent cops and politicians are to friends in the country that astringent by our guest alien to the ignorant and before that a few minutes ago you heard their song some love song you can get all of their music wherever you buy download or stream your music right now and you can follow along their very exciting musical journey on facebook instagram Bandcamp, and youtube and of course anywhere online and a massive massive thank you going out to suede andrew and mick for hanging out on one to watch wednesday this week can't wait to catch up in the future my name is sarah scott this has been your one to watch wednesday for this week thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your day